Welcome to the Awaken Podcast. At Awaken Church, we are passionate about wrestling with and being unraveled by the Christian scriptures. Ideally, we do this together around the table in the neighborhood of Bones. As we see it, Jesus has invited all of us to encounter Him in a diverse community and participate with Him in a mission of loving our neighbors. All right. Yeah, so as Darcy said, I am Bryn. I've met several of you, not all of you. Um, Yeah, I'm going to start off by saying that I have not done this in a while. (laughs) I used to really love public speaking and sharing. Um, I did it a lot in high school and at Cape and Ray and stuff like that. Um, And then I haven't for a long time, and it makes me afraid. So I'm probably going to be reading off of my computer a lot, Um, and that's just how it is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so in Sunday school, we've been going through our theme of homesickness, Um, We talked about how we were all created for community and harmony, um, but we don't always experience those things. Um, So we would tell stories and explain to one another why it's important for all of us to choose peace over power. That means that instead of making choices that would lead to us putting others down in order to get ahead, we must choose peace and bring others up with us. Um, While you've all been working through the parables in the services, we have been talking about them as well. We uh, started off by talking about just our favorite stories, like books and movies, um, and what they mean to us. And then we would look at the stories that Jesus told and talk about all the different meanings that they have to each of us and to everyone that hears them. So just like in Sunday school, I'm going to tell you the parable of the banquet and then spend some time telling you all why this story means so much to me. So if you would like to read the parable yourself, I think they've got it up there. Um, but what I'm also going to do is my slightly chaotic retelling, um, which means that I just read it and then I tell it, and that's what I do in Sunday school. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So basically, Jesus was at a dinner party hosted by an important religious leader. Jesus spent the entire time saying things that made everyone, especially his host, a bit uncomfortable. He had a way of leaving those in his company feeling a bit unsettled. He'd already used this time as an opportunity to teach everyone that those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Our parable begins when someone replies to Jesus' teaching, saying that what really matters is who gets into the banquet in the kingdom of heaven, not the ones we host down here. So Jesus responds with this story. He says that there was a rich man that had been planning a big and extravagant party. He had tables full of food and drinks that filled his banquet room. Once everything looked perfect, he sent out his servant to tell all of his honorable guests and neighbors that the party was ready. Though as the servant went around inviting all of the rich neighbors in their big houses, they all responded by saying they were busy. The excuses they gave were basically the equivalent to being like, sorry, I'm just moved, I'm still unpacking, I can't be there, or sorry, I just got a new puppy and I can't really leave him, or sorry, something else came up. When the servant returned and told the rich man that no one he invited was coming, he was devastated. His pride and his feelings were hurt. So he told his servant, this time, to go out and just invite everyone in off the streets. He said, invite the people that would normally never get invited to parties like this. He said, invite the outsiders, the poor, the marginalized. Invite the people that others normally avoid on the sidewalk. And the servant did. Soon the banquet hall was filling with people that had never been welcomed into a place like this before. 
The servant kept finding people and inviting them in until the place was full. And there would have been no room for the guests he'd initially invited, even if they'd changed their mind. When Jesus told this story, it would have punched a hole in the societal expectations that his fellow dinner guests held. They would have been offended and even angered by this idea. Because outsiders are outsiders for a reason. If the people of privilege, the rich, the able-bodied, and the powerful decided that you were too odd or uncomfortable, then you were simply not invited. But here Jesus sat with a group of privileged religious followers, and he told them to open their doors and watch what happened. Of all the parables Jesus tells, this one probably means the most to me, and I wasn't really surprised that this was the one Nikayla asked me to talk about today. In Sunday school, we would ask what the story means to each of us, and so basically all I'm going to do now is tell you what this parable means to me, and near the end, I'm going to use it as a sneaky way to introduce our upcoming Sunday school series. (laughs) Um, This story matters to me for a number of reasons, but the most prominent reason is that I am queer, and I mean queer in multiple ways. Um, Most obviously being that I'm gay, and I experience my gender in a very fluid way. This means I use he, she, and they pronouns. It's basically a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. It all works. Um, But queer does not just mean gay. Um, It means someone that is odd or strange, someone that doesn't fit. Um, And this is why, for a very long time, this word was used as a slur towards gay people and other outsiders. The outsiders in our parable today were all some form of queer. I could also be considered queer, odd, or strange because I am bipolar, fat, and I need accommodations at school due to a long list of learning disabilities. I don't fit in many of the boxes that people think I should. This story matters to me because, like many of you, I know how it feels to be an outsider. I love this story because it teaches us that by opening our doors and expanding our tables, our communities can heal and grow. Because creating space for those unlike yourself not only brings life to the people you invite in, but it brings life to you as well. We cannot grow if we remain unwilling to learn with and from those around us. I have always loved working with kids. I love the things they have to teach me and the ways that they interact with each other. Um, Originally, I kind of ended up in kids' ministry because I'd been told growing up that it was pretty much my only option. Um, I remember all my, like, guy friends being like, I'm going to be a pastor and you can be my children's pastor. And I was like, nice. (laughs) Um... But yeah, because in all the churches that I was raised in, there wasn't room at the table for girls in pastoral ministry. Um, But luckily, I actually really liked kids' ministry, um, and I could have happily continued to work at my old church for a really long time. But as I grew more into my true self, the table at the church grew smaller. Um, When I came out as gay, I was told that I could not volunteer in any capacity, especially kids' ministry. Um, They told me I would confuse the kids and that they wanted people who were good examples working in children's church. Um, After that, I continued to attend that church for several months because they told me they still loved me and wanted me to be there. And because it is my family church and my dad and brother both worked there at the time, I really wanted to make it work. But every Sunday, I sat there through the church's announcements, and I heard them say that they were in desperate need of children's church volunteers. Um, And I sat there, and I heard this every Sunday for weeks, and I was willing and I was qualified, but they did not want me because when they looked at me, all they could see was my queerness, and it stung, and it wore me down. This is an experience that I'm sure every gay person in this space has felt to some degree, having churches, schools, camps, and even family members close their doors on you. I strongly believe that welcoming and affirming spaces save lives, 
By inviting outsiders in, you can have an effect that you never knew possible. Being an outsider a few years ago wore me down to the point of attempting to take my own life. And luckily, I was found and saved by a loved one. And after being hospitalized for a couple of days, I was invited to stay with Nikayla and her family until I could face returning home. During that week, I met a few Awakeners, including my now roommate, Megan, but she has no memory of meeting me. <laughs> um, but just being in Boness and knowing that safe spaces and affirming pastors existed motivated me to keep moving forward until I could find myself living in a space like this. And here I am, three years later, living a full and beautiful life. Being invited to work with the kids at Awaken as my authentic self has been one of the greatest blessings of my life. And just sharing space and being invited to meals with you and your families has healed wounds of mine that went far deeper than I had ever realized. During my time here, I have not experienced the fear and awkwardness that often comes from parents who see queer people as a threat, and I'm really grateful for that. I know that not every Awakener is affirming, and that doesn't scare or upset me. I know that for several of you, I would not be the first choice for a Sunday school teacher, and that much like in the parable, I've probably ended up here just because no one else had shown up before me. But even if I wasn't the first choice, the invitation was still extended, and I hope that someday we are able to see one another as guests who are equal in this space. When you open the doors to those on the margins, it can be scary to see the crowds rush in. Interacting with people different than you can be intimidating, I'm sure that many of you have noticed the small army of gay people who have been joining Awaken. <laughs> and I know that for a lot of you, that might be scary. New things like pronoun pins and pride events might not be what you had originally hoped for when opening your doors to a more diverse community. But the doors were opened, and here we are. Now, even for me as someone who exists on the margins of many spaces, I still have to acknowledge the immense privilege that I have and always will experience. Many of you saw my post on the ACE page a few weeks ago where I wrote about a friend of mine who was in need. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have a friend who had been living unhoused in Abbotsford for the last year. She and I graduated high school together. She was one of the smartest kids in our class and is one of the funniest people I've ever met. She'd actually skipped two grades at one point because of how smart she is. Um, I think that sadly we often assume that people live on the streets because they weren't smart enough to end up elsewhere. Um, but I know for a fact that this friend of mine is smarter than many of you. <laughs> um, anyways, a few weeks ago she reached out to me saying that she was throwing in the towel, she was ready for some help, and so I drove out there and I picked her up. This experience was significant to me for so many reasons. Um, the main one being that I now know that my friend is safe and she's been given space to be able to mend a bit. Um, though it's really important to me that everyone knows that I truly believe I gained more from this experience than she did. Um, when I got to Abbotsford, I spent some time with her downtown while she collected her stuff and said her goodbyes. Um, seeing the way that she had been living and existing was really heavy for me um, because this was someone who was exactly like me. We were very similar, ran in social circles that were the same. Um, we were so much the same, and seeing her um, existing in such a dangerous space on the streets was a lot. Um, while I was there, there was a McDonald's across the road, so I suggested we go and get some lunch, and she replied telling me that she isn't allowed in that McDonald's because she's visibly homeless. Um, but I told her that because she was with me, I knew that they weren't gonna say anything to her. Um, so we walked in there together, no one said anything. So we got our food, and when we left, she said, wow, it must feel nice being a white kid in overalls, because I was wearing my overalls. <laughs> um, my friend is indigenous and homeless, so even though she is bright and hilarious, people will always look at us differently. 
because as much as I have experienced the margins of society, I have the privilege of being a white person with a huge support system and have access to running water, shelter, and food whenever I need it. After we left the McDonald's, I watched her share the food we'd got with all of her friends, as well as give them gifts and letters saying goodbye. Um, all of these people were people that lived on the streets. A lot of them were people that I'm sure many of us would feel tempted not to make eye contact with walking down the road. Um, and they were all beautiful, wonderful people with deep feelings and connections. While reflecting on the parable this last week, I imagined my friend with each of the people she had had to say goodbye to, and I imagined them all being welcomed into a large and bountiful party like in this story, where they could eat and celebrate safely together. And it's a really beautiful image to me. But inviting people in off the streets or opening the doors to LGBTQ plus community seems to frighten people. <laughs> Because there's a feeling of anxiety that comes with being around those we find odd, strange, queer. There's a fear of saying something embarrassing, saying something offensive, or not saying enough. The best thing about this parable is that it doesn't actually tell us how the party goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't say that this rich man stood up on the table and did some big speech or tried to teach the outsiders some big lesson or was like, aren't you so glad that I brought you in here? No, all we know is that the doors were open. Um, in Sunday school next month, we will be starting our new theme, BU, based on the kids' novel by Peter H. Reynolds. Wow. Beautiful. Uh, the simplicity of his words and lessons are what drew me in. He simply wants kids to be who they were created to be. And starting this fall, we will go page by page every Sunday. Oh, I have the book. I have this book, if anyone wants to look at it after. I'm setting it there so I don't forget. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the book will be in the library, and if you want to check it out, then you totally can. Um, but the page that stood out to me while thinking about this parable was this one. Be kind, be understanding. Instead of worrying about what to say to the new people at your table, this book teaches that being kind and understanding is about listening. So you can go to the next one. It says, help those around you to be themselves. Listen, then listen some more. Learn more about who they are. Kids' books are beautiful because the simplicity in their lessons are often exactly what we need to hear as adults. Help those around you to be themselves. Listen, then listen some more. Learn more about who they are. Don't be afraid to invite people like me or Dino or Ari over for dinner because you're afraid to mess up our pronouns, because you probably will mess up our pronouns. Um, but that is something that you learn with time and listening. No one figures it out immediately. I didn't figure it out immediately. We need to invite, others, we need to invite outsiders in and allow ourselves to learn from them. I experienced being an outsider and it almost killed me, but the affirming people and spaces that I found saved my life. And because of that, I was able to be a part of helping my friend when she needed me. Welcoming others inside is a cycle that brings life. When a community decides to open their doors to the marginalized, they begin a work that will continue to ripple and change lives in ways you would never imagine. The people invited to the ban banquet in this parable were ready and waiting for an invitation just like me and the other queer awakeners. Waiting for a space to affirm and accept you can feel like the longest wait of your life, and finding it is a relief that I cannot put into words. In kids' church, we talked about being homesick. We talk about times when you feel out of place or you don't belong and you just want to find home. That is how I felt for years while waiting for an affirming space. I felt homesick. Homesick for a community that truly loves and supports me instead of one that tolerates me from a distance. So if any of you still find yourselves worried about how many queer people there are pooling into Awaken, just know that we waited painfully for this. We sat at the doors of our churches and communities. 
watching as they searched for more like-minded volunteers and members. But for many of us, those spaces never came around. The doors to their empty banquet rooms remained locked while the food and drinks on the table sat to rot. We were homesick. This is why we all slowly found Awaken and have now made it our home. We found a family here. The first Sunday that I heard someone mention needing someone for kids' church, I did not hesitate. <laughs> I was invited, and I certainly wasn't going to let the opportunity pass. There was someone who wanted me, maybe not as their first choice, but they wanted me. And I do not take this lightly. I sit with your kids, and I feel a joy that I once thought I would never feel again. So I thank you for opening your doors of this church, and I challenge you to continue listening to your marginalized neighbors. I challenge you to exist as people who open your doors outside of Awaken, as individuals and as families. Invite your neighbors over for dinner. Listen to the voices of the poor, the disabled, the BIPOC, the queer. They are waiting at the door. Help those around you to be themselves. Listen, then listen some more. Learn more about who they are. And for all of you who are different, who know what it's like to be an outsider, remember that those things that make you different are beautiful and deserve to be celebrated, just as you are right now. The book BU says, be different. Next slide. Yeah, be different. Um, it says, be silly. Be quirky. Be odd. Be unique. Be weird. Be colorful. Be OK with being different. Be just the way you are. I know it's hard, but we cannot let the closed doors snuff us out. Find the people that invite you in just as you are. Find the friends and families that choose you for you. You are invited. You are wanted here. The doors are open and there is room at the table. You don't need to feel homesick anymore. Thank you. Now, I'm just gonna pray quickly and then invite my friend Osi up to lead in communion. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this space. I thank you that the doors are open. I pray that anyone who is in need of a home, in need of community that welcomes and affirms that they will find their way here. I pray that we will continue to listen that we will just allow people to be who they are. And I pray that you give us the courage to be different, to continue to be our authentic selves, even though so many voices are against that. I thank you for inspiring the people here um, to get to know us and to just let us be involved in things here. <laughs>